Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Delora. Ashley, how you doing? Girl, it is the week of Christmas. Oh, the most wonderful time of the year. It really is. Our birthday week too. But you know, I I, yes, I give it all to Jesus first. So super excited. <laughs> Have you been, is the tree up? Are the decorations up? You've been listening to some Christmas music. You've been drinking some spiked eggnog. What's going on over there? Um, yes, yes, kind of yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> actually still need to finish some Christmas shopping and I've never been this late in my life so it's all good it'll be a very Merry Christmas (laughs) and in terms of music yes 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 I am a pentatonic fan okay Ashley I listen to all the albums but there's this new album that I've been listening to on repeat and it's called a very merry maverick Christmas so this is a Christian album but what I loved is they have you know traditional Christmas songs along with very popular praise and worship music Hmm. um go tell it on the mountain is one of my faves um it's featuring I think his name is Melvin Melvin Jr oh sorry (laughs) she got excited and then girl they have a version of Revelations 191 fire fire and what i love most about it is that my little toddler is out here singing hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> okay how about you <laughs> girl i just put up my christmas tree last week so the tree is up um decorations have been up i have been slowly but surely listening to christmas music i feel like we started early like we started even before thanksgiving this year so i've listened to all the classics are all my favorites i've listened to whitney uh boys to men yeah carey in sync i mess with justin bieber's christmas album as well all the motown hits like justin's justin's christmas album go hard ariana grande as well christmas and chill is amazing i think i had i think i had tori kelly's christmas album on my hidden gems at one point her christmas album is phenomenal and then i was just telling you about jojo's i don't know how many people are aware she has a christmas album called december baby and you know jojo has such a phenomenal voice so Love to hear it no matter what song she's singing. Oh, I want to bring up three more artists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Clarkson is just phenomenal. She is wonderful. I love her Christmas album, John Legend. Yeah. One called Purple, I believe it's called Purple Haze, the song. Love it. And then my boy, Leslie Odom Jr., his Christmas album be be slapping so want to bring him out too <laughs> nice i still need to find brian mcknight's christmas album he has one and i had found mm. it on amazon but then it never came 
So y'all, oh. if you know about this album, hit me in the DMs because I'm still looking for it. Okay. Yes. Now, my last question before we get into our recap is, are there any Christmas films that you feel like are overrated? Overrated. Clap, 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 clap. Um, okay. Overrated Christmas movies. I would have to say the Christmas story. Same, Delora. Same. I don't get the hype. I mean, he sticks his tongue on a frozen pole and he wants a BB gun. Okay. The whole lamp thing is like iconic. I mean, they even did, there's a hotel here that does this whole ice sculpture thing every year. They did a Christmas story one year. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is such a beloved film, but I don't personally enjoy it. Sorry to everybody who does. It's just not my thing. So we're not uh, white mills. So I think Mm. (laughs) it wasn't wasn't for us. (laughs) Couldn't relate to that childhood. We were not in the intention for that film. So maybe that's part of the reason. There you go. Speaking of that, guys, our recap today, as I mentioned at the end of our last pod, is a Christmas medley, and it's two of me and Dolores' favorites. My favorite being the Santa Claus and Dolores being the holiday. Now, let me say this. We talked about about some Black classics, i.e. the preacher's wife and this Christmas, but guess what? We want to try to always do recaps that are available to you guys on streaming, and neither of those were available. Streaming services step your game all the way up it feels like this every year Ashley like every time I try to find like a black Christmas classic never available I have to pay for it now I don't know if that's a way for the artists to get their money once a year or whatever residuals but I need it to be available on anywhere Amazon Hulu Netflix y'all know how to do you know what to do Exactly. I'm very upset about this. Now, granted, I have these at my mama's house on DVD, but the point is we're trying to make sure they're accessible to everybody. So the Santa Claus and the holiday it is. So guys, let's go ahead and get into it. We're going to start with the Santa Claus as recap one. This film was released in November 1994. It is currently available to stream on Disney. Plus, quick summary, When a man inadvertently makes Santa fall off his roof on Christmas Eve, he finds himself magically recruited to take his place. The cast, we have Tim Allen as Scott Calvin. We have Eric Lloyd as Charlie, Wendy Crewson as Laura, Judge Reinhold as Neil, and David Krumholtz as Bernard. Reviews. Rotten Tomato, 72% critic score, 65% audience score, and yet good old Google users, 93% of y'all said y'all fuck with it. Delora, give me your grade for The Santa Claus. Thank you, Ashley. I am giving this movie an A minus. The reason I grew up with this film, I adore this film. It was one of the first movies I saw growing up that had my hometown in it as a prominent, you know, background. Shout out Detroit, Michigan. So I was geeked. Uh, As we all know, it's Tim Allen. So it gets an A minus because I don't like Tim Allen like that no more. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little problematic. A little problematic. And there's not enough black people in this movie. You know, I I am going to go ahead and use 2021 
lenses for this because I was kind of going back and forth. I'm like, do I grade this based off of little Delora or current Delora? And I decided the current. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, girl. I feel you. What about um, you? It gets an A for me. Because again, this is one of my go-to Christmas films that I have to watch every, every single year. year. Besides The Preacher's Wife, honestly, and this is in this Christmas, I watch yes. this every year. Sometimes a couple times a year. Um yeah. All the nostalgia, childhood Christmas magic. I just get yes. that feeling, you know, that feeling. It's amazing. And it brings it up every time. And I would like to say this as an asterisk, okay? It was an A, plus, but it got deducted twice. So that's why we're at A. <laughs> <laughs> and I told you, my mom still laughs. Like the fact that this film, after watching this for 20 years plus, Yes. Still makes my mom laugh, just warms my heart. So love it. Spoiler alert for anybody who has somehow not seen the Santa Claus. We're so point. sorry for you. <laughs> so sorry. Let's get into the good of the film. So we start this film with an office Christmas party at the toy company of our main character, Scott. It took this watch in my grown age to feel annoyed with Scott for his mic grab from coworker Susan. Did you peep that? Go some type yeah. of way. That's yeah. that your privilege, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sir. Needed you to chill. Oh, but Delora, some people get tore up at office Christmas parties. Have you been to any ragers in your time? Ah, uh, no, no. And there has been drinking. I actually remember a coworker who was like, "I don't do Christmas parties." Period. Because of that, like you know. <laughs> For me, I'm always, you know, the one that signs up for everything. But no, I've never gotten blasted. You know, I am a lightweight technically. So if I'm drinking that much, I'm going to sleep. I'm not about to <laughs> embarrass myself. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I feel deprived because I've never been to a evening office Christmas party. Like we've had Christmas parties like during what? the work day at like lunch where they like yeah. cater in and we do gifts never have I ever been to one with my company that was like in the evening so I feel deprived because I would have a good time let me tell you though my mom her company puts on great Christmas parties Backstreet Boys performed at their Christmas party one year shut the front door yes my last company was doing something because we had like some Cirque du Soleil situation going on from the ceiling you know the aerial (laughs) dancers that would be amazing like y'all giving me free alcohol free food and I get a show like say no more I will be there I will be lighting and everything (laughs) I will be there so Scott is divorced and sharing custody of son Charlie with his ex Laura and her psychiatrist husband Neil I say psychiatrist because he literally is brought up the fact he's psychiatrist in every scene he's ever in kind of like Rainbow Johnson Dr. Rainbow Johnson exactly (laughs) some of my favorite lines in the film were the antagonism that Scott always had towards Neil, especially his sweaters. Like, I still die to this day. But major conflict came up when Scott finds out Neil told Charlie, there's no Santa. Delora, as a parent, give me your thoughts on this. Did Neil overstep? And how old were you when you stopped believing in Santa? Yes, he overstepped. Unless he was talking to both parents before telling Charlie that. He had no busy business telling Charlie there wasn't any Santa Claus. Um, as for myself, you know, I've, I've always been a serious child person, what have you. (laughs) I never believed in Santa. I never did. I, I was that kid that was like, 
Santa is nice in theory. Like, <laughs> so on Christmas Eve, I would try to, you know, for scientific purposes, just say, did I hear anything on the roof tonight? Is there snow? Would there be reindeer? Like, you know, I like the idea of it, but my parents oh, were man. very big on Jesus and them. Like, who bought these kids? <laughs> we paid for this. We paid for this. Give credit where credit is due. What's funny is I should have finished my question because I literally said, how old were you when you stopped believing if you ever did? Because I know you. So I, <laughs> that was literally my whole question. <laughs> no, I never fully believed in Santa, but I went through the notions. I mean, it's the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I entertained these adults for a little bit. Okay. I gave, I played their little game. Girl, I was three. You? I was three. I was young, young. And what happened to this day, it is heavily debated of my age because what happened was my mom would always put all the presents in the basement and think for some reason we weren't going to go down to the basement. That was like our play mm. space. So yeah. one year, me and my brother went down to the basement and I saw all the toys. And I'm like, Trey, there's no Santa. Look at all these toys. It's my brother. Yeah, my brother is two years older than me. And so he was five. So for the next like two years, him and my parents tried to convince me that what I saw wasn't what I really saw. So it's technically like between three and five, but I'm gonna give a strong three because I knew, I knew that Santa wasn't real. They just tried to manipulate my little man. (laughs) So I knew what I saw, okay? (laughs) So I was three. Anyway, Charlie did not seem enthused to be spending Christmas Eve with his dad at first. Do you think Scott worked too much or was he just inattentive as a parent possibly that it didn't seem like they had a great relationship when we start? That's a great question. I guess where I conclude, (laughs) where I conclude, I think he was busy and a man. Like, I feel like, I take that back because David is actually more festive than I have ever been. Like he decorate, he put garland on our uh, stairwell and I would never have done that anyway. (laughs) uh, (laughs) But, you know, I don't think he was thinking that hard, Ashley. I think that's the problem, right? Mm. I don't think he didn't take the time to think about his son and the fact that he was hosting Christmas. Uh, I mean, he was late. And then even then he tried to cook and he burned everything. He, if he really cared, he probably would have been better prepared. That's my opinion. How and he you? was lying to Laura about why he was late. Oh, traffic is horrible. This isn't that. There was no traffic, right? Like None. he reminded me of Jim Carrey on Liar Liar in the yes. sense that he just put his work first. It's not that he didn't care about his son. I just think, unfortunately, as this divorced father, he was more concerned with himself and his career than he probably was with his relationship with his child, which- or- it's just the financial side of being a parent but there's so many facets of parenting other than physical financial you know it's the relationship your kid wants delivering. your attention and affection <laughs> their exactly. kid um but to your point scott tried he tried to cook dinner but after burning everything including that turkey poor turkey r.i.p denny's it was have you ever had to pivot holiday plans like this no, never to this extent. If anything, it is very traditional for my family growing up to order pizza on like Thanksgiving Eve. <laughs> Cause it's like, my mom's like, I'm cooking for tomorrow. I'm not cooking tonight. 
mm-hmm. if anything for christmas we've been known to switch it up like have um italian or something like that instead of like a ham or roast or something like that so but never this badly where we had to eat out how about you yeah i haven't had this issue either but i do i am starting to like more non-traditional holiday plans right because i think now we're adults the allure of holidays isn't quite the same it's just more about the the time the quality time spent so like i'm enjoying now especially living in a warmer climate oh we barbecue instead of you know doing ham or things like that more traditional my mom for christmas is requesting tacos so i may throw down on some tacos for her you know what i'm saying so you know just just as long as i get to spend time because last year i was I did not get to I wasn't with my family and that was really really hard for me um so as long as I get to be with my family I don't really care what we do so all the fun begins Christmas Eve night when Charlie hears a clatter on the roof when Scott investigates he startles Santa who falls to his death instructions in his pocket tell him to put on the suit the reindeer will know what to do before his body disappears girl how many santas do you think have died this way and would you put on this funky little suit you're asking me some heavy hitting questions here (laughs) um i don't know i'm imagining a lot through the centuries right Mm -hmm. which is devastating but I the little how... wave Santa did this time kind of freaked me out a little bit. I was like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> What's well, so funny because we try, not try, we monitor what Amara watches, but there's so much death in these kids' shows. <laughs> like, it's in everything. So this was kind of morbid. And as a kid, I guess you don't really process it the same way, but... Mm-hmm. But it's Not like, okay, this is pretty serious. Would I have put on the suit? I genuinely don't know. I don't know if I would. Would you? I feel like it was a lot of pressure coming from Charlie. So mm. yes, I probably would have for the sake of appeasing my kid. Yeah. Because I also think as an adult, you're not taking this too seriously. You're like, what is happening? My kids are suddenly is up this on even the roof. real. Yeah. It's even real. I'm seeing <laughs> Comet up here acting like he got a whole personality. There's yeah. a sleigh on my roof. Like, what is going on? So I think I probably would have as an adult just played along because you you just can't really grasp what's going on around you. Um, after reluctantly following Charlie's lead and getting in the sleigh, off we go to a night filled with attempting to fill Santa's shoes. Chimneys were magically created. Toys were constantly filled in the bag that could also fly for drop-off. And finally, Delora, we head to the North Pole and the workshop. The elves! They all look like children. But as one tells him, I've pointed shoes that are older than you. It it dawned on me that none of the elves, uh, to my question earlier, seemed sad or surprised to see a new Santa taking over. So again, how often does this happen? You know what I'm saying? Wilder. Were you you impressed with Santa's workshop as a kid? Was this everything you thought it would be? That was part of the movie magic of this film. That was the best part. Him being in the North Pole everything was just so beautiful and magical and and you know Disney had that budget so that set was on point I mean his bedroom alone with it was just phenomenal I wanted to drink the uh the coffee the hot hot chocolate chocolate that Judy was making like I want some you know I was right there it was amazing 
loved it so much. I still love it. It's still like if yeah. they built that set at like the Disney parks, I would definitely go see it. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Still exciting. Head Elf Bernard gives Scott the rundown, including the Santa Claus, which in fine print on the card says that Scott has agreed to be Santa now since he put on the suit. He has 11 months, the Lord, to get his affairs in order and has to be back to the workshop by Thanksgiving. He is not excited nor convinced. Back home he goes on Christmas, wakes up, and Scott thinks it was all a dream. Without any proof (laughs) beyond Charlie's shared memory and his red silk SC pajamas. Things got a bit tense at career day when Charlie presents Scott to his class as Santa and relays the night's events. Laura and Neil and the principal were concerned about Charlie's grasp on reality and Scott's influence. Now, as the audience, we, of course, know what happened. But how do you think you'd react if you were Laura and Neil? I would definitely be concerned, right? (laughs) It's like, what are you talking about? Yes, your dad works for a toy manufacturer. That makes sense, but he's not Santa. It was rough. It was rough, but they kind of went too far, though, in my opinion. So yet again, in terms of overstepping, the scene where Neil questions whether Charlie spending time with Scott was what's best for him was entirely too much for me. I'm the father. Have several seats, sir. Scott asked Charlie to keep what happened a secret after, again, the obvious concern coming from everybody. But his physical transformation, Delora, becomes undeniable. In my mom's favorite scene, his coworkers were stunned by his overnight weight gain. Claims he was stung by a bee. Girl, he gained 45 pounds in a week. Tries to get medical help, but to no avail. He is only 38 years old. Was he only 38? Wow. 38 years old. What I love, though, was his heartbeat. The, <laughs> the jingle, jingle bells. bells. Yes. <laughs> love Such a that. good touch. Such a good touch. Beyond the weight and beyond the heartbeat, he grows a beard that even when shaved, quickly grows back and his hair turns white. Children began approaching him in public with their requests. As we see Scott slowly embracing his role, Laura and Neil think he's completely delusional and trying to alter himself to win Charlie's love. They strip visitation from him. Delora, would you have taken this step? They went too far, entirely too far. He's still his father at the end of the day. I mean, I can see how it can be confusing considering the physical transformation that he was no longer able to hide right so it's like what are you doing are you feeding into this just so you can have favor with our son but I don't know it's such a hard position to be in because again I've watched this movie however many times through the year so of course I'm on Charlie and Scott's exactly to get to understand or be in the shoes of Laura and Neil I don't know I don't it's a tough one it's a tough one oh it's super tough especially as adults because it's so different than watching as a child as a child it was like how could you guys do this to 
Santa and to Scott, you know what I mean? Like to see him sit in the room with the judge and for the judge to say right before Christmas, hey, we're stripping you of all your visitation. That was a lot. And my thought was, I know that we're not together anymore, but Laura, don't you think maybe it would have been best for us to have some type of consultation with somebody, maybe a mental health professional to talk this through before you just went so far as to remove my son from my life? Yeah, definitely a neutral third party because Neil definitely, I don't know what was Neil's, okay, Neil's motivation obviously was to protect his wife and now his, you know, stepson, but he was obnoxious after a while. So like, obnoxious. So again, you are not the father. You are the stepfather. Respect and know your role. Um, despite this, Scott swings by and after a little magic from a snow globe is reminded by Charlie of who he is. Bernard also pops up and the three head to the North Pole. Laura and Neil think he has kidnapped Charlie and alert the police. While the elves show Scott some cool new tricks at the North Pole, such as upgrades the sleigh and a flame retardant suit, Scott's biggest worry, understandably, is falling off the roof. <laughs> he manages to survive and makes a few deliveries before he's apprehended, leaving gifts at Laura and Neil's house. Kids watching were traumatized, seeing Santa get taken under arrest. Poor kids. But guys, don't worry. There's a whole squad of elves, and that is effective liberating flight squad. Yes. Ready to break him out with magic tinsel. Amazing. That was my favorite part. Like, I thought they were the coolest kids ever. Growing when they up. rescue Charlie from the roof and they're flying and they were through the neighborhood. All in the air with their one leg, you know, popped in. I'm like, oh my goodness. And of course, you use holiday decorations that are now weapons or instruments exactly. <laughs> to escape like genius loved it yeah I think now it just reminds me of probably why I wanted to fly as a kid because I watched stuff like this and, you know you had Peter Pan and I'm like oh I just want to be able to fly thank god I never tried to jump off a roof or anything like that hook hook watching this hook i'm telling you wanted to learn so bad (laughs) so to wrap that one of these days (laughs) is that technically is that around christmas for hook it's it's one of the movies that i like to watch around the holidays i was gonna say i definitely remember there being some level of holidays in it yeah Yeah, we'll get to that possibly as another TBT. But to wrap this film, we see even Laura and Neil become believers, reverse course on visitation, and receive the gifts they were deprived of as children. Mystery date for Laura and an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle for Neil. I felt like that was so on the nose because he was a weenie (laughs) to me. (laughs) And Charlie's relationship with his dad is rock solid great perks to being santa's kid obviously delora as judy told us the elf not the waitress seeing isn't believing believing is seeing okay final thoughts on our first christmas film the santa claus it was truly a joy loved it i've already watched it five times this year oh wow oh my gosh yeah so (laughs) the others 
leave much to be desired, but yeah. this one is solid and worth watching each year. Yeah, we don't speak on the others, but the the Santa Claus is still <laughs> a oh, classic. My final my final thought. What I love m- most about this film is the fact that the title is just a play on words. The fact that the clause is actually a literal legal binding agreement. Mm-hmm. I guess such a kick out of that. Loved it. Loved Last it. Last line in a contract, as Bernard said. My final thought is just it's easy to become disillusioned as an adult. So watching childhood classics like this, I just love that I can still feel that magic. And I hope that I always yes. do because that's why I love this time of year, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's move on to our second recap holiday film the holiday released in november 2006 and available to stream on hulu if you guys couldn't tell this is dolores jam this quick summary two women on opposite sides of the globe swap houses only to discover that a change of address can really change their lives brought to you by the great writer director nancy myers the goat of rom-com the goat <laughs> let's get into this cast we have kate winslet as iris Cameron Diaz as Amanda, Jack Black as Miles, and Jude Law as Graham. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, 49% critic score, harsh, 80% audience score, and 91% of Google users, fuck with it. Delora, give me your grade (laughs) for the holiday. Oh, I love this film so much and the joy that I still get watching it and the feels like I love a good rom-com and as we mentioned last week with the sex in the city reboot not all things age well but this one for me is just still so magical I give it actually an a minus and for the same reason I gave the Santa Claus an a minus through 2021's lenses there was not one black person who had a speaking role or it doesn't even have to be black just a person of color i'm like i know la and london got pigmented people right like a melanated sure. people <laughs> so for sure that is the only reason why it gets an a minus but it is such a joy and i never got the jude law thing until this movie and even then uh, it's only in this movie but still he was phenomenal i'm like yes dude I cannot believe I'm being nicer than you this week. I give this an A as well. And I think it's because I'm feeling so festive and generous. And this film has such a stellar cast. And also Cameron Diaz owning a production company that made film trailers was actually an inspiration for me when this movie first came out because I had never seen that. And it was a career that I had never even thought really existed or thought about. So that was dope. Also, I love a holiday romance. And to your point, Jude Law was Jude law in this movie honey yes he was any scandal be damned i saw it i felt it he was fine in this movie (laughs) and again i think this is the only film that i was like i get you law now i get it because for many years i was like what are we doing okay he's british so is so many other people Exactly. It was never been the accent for me. You know, it's no, just, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. It's the charm. It's the face. It's the smirk. Ugh. Anyway, and he's a man who cries. He's okay with with his inner self. He, like, he, vulnerability. He was sobbing. He was sobbing. All right. Spoiler alert. 
as we get into the good good again if you have not seen the holiday it's available to you on hulu so we hear narration from the lovely Kate Winslet to start the film discussing love, including what she calls the cruelest of them all, unrequited, which she finds herself dealing with as one of our leading ladies, writer Iris. She's in the UK and been in love with co-worker Jasper for three years. They dated. That asshole. But... Girl. They dated. <laughs> he cheated. But she's still been hanging on for occasional emails phone calls, and long lunches while his girlfriend isn't around. And to add insult to injury, she has to stand by as his engagement with said girlfriend is announced at the office Christmas party. He didn't have the, uh, he didn't even give her the grace of telling her beforehand. Like she was completely blindsided. And Iris writes the wedding announcements. Yikes, right? It was so hard to watch. How'd you feel about Iris's unrequited love? I felt so sorry for her. Like, I know what it's like to have a crush and, you know, not it not be reciprocated. But this woman, it took three years of her life dealing with this man. And for, again, for him to, well, it's not even him at this point with three years it was her making herself available to this man while he's off developing entire relationships that now resulted in a freaking engagement you know what i mean like she made herself way too available to him but that was really sad for me to watch it was painful he's an emotional manipulator you could see the charm and the way he had her hanging on um just even based on his general behavior when he just before the engagement was announced you still come to her office you're still chatting her up you're still complimenting her you're still talking about exchanging gifts you had every opportunity to let her know the reality but you like that she's so obsessed with you you like that she's in love with you it's emotional manipulation and for me as Jen once said of Brad Pitt sensitivity chip is definitely missing like something wow. is is off so he was a terrorist <laughs> an emotional, an emotional terrorist. terrorist had that gun <laughs> to your head sis in the states california specifically we have our other leading lady amanda who has discovered that her boyfriend ethan is cheating with his receptionist how cliche and kicks him out he denied the affair until the bitter end of their argument, Delora. He was gaslighting her, particularly over her inability to cry. Did you feel her punching him in the face was justified? All right. So I always loved it, but watching it again for this recap with 2021 lenses, I was like, oof, (laughs) I know what he did was wrong, but that was also very wrong too. but i have punched him not once but twice in the face yeah 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 that was a tough one ashley i'm i'm still i'm i'm waddle i'm waddling the fence here you know if this were a fantasy uh within the film acceptable but the reality is we don't condone physical violence either way so her punching him in the face was not the best strategy because at the end of the day, she shouldn't have put her hands on that man. But did it feel satisfying in the moment? Not going to lie. Yes, it did. It because sure did. It again, sure did. it was another guy who you just kind of saw emotionally terrorizing her in the sense that 
he was just trying to make it seem like this was all in her head and it was really all her fault and she's the one who's un- emotionally unavailable and all this stuff and it takes till the very end for him to finally admit that he has indeed been sleeping around and Delora I just finished Dirty John the Betty Broderick story so okay. I really in my mind I'm not here for these type of shenanigans like well, that he was like so are crazy. you happy like what am I happy <laughs> it was it was not a good it was not a great scene no understandably after this whole situation Amanda decides she needs to get out of town for a vacay using good old Google she finds vacation rentals specifically Iris's place just in time as Iris is hitting a very low moment and is breathing in gas from her damn stove Ooh, a low point extremely our ladies chat and decide to swap places for two weeks for the holiday I remember seeing this back in the day and thinking this swap seemed crazy, but now with like my Airbnb usage, it's not a wild <laughs> thought at all to me. If there's like a vetted site that you work through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So between the two, whose place would you have wanted to holiday at, Laura? Oh, that's a wonderful question. I actually wrote down that question too. I'm like, who had the better stay? I wonder. I don't know. I think it depends on the mood. Let's keep it 1000. Amanda's place was fire it's still it actually still holds up to today you know what I mean as a lover of real estate as you know we love like selling sunset and all that amazing yeah but that that British cottage is just so quaint and so adorable and cozy like I would stay at both at one depending on whatever mood I'm in you know what I mean I think it just depends on that but I would stay at either either one how about you oh I'm at Amanda's house all day like she got to kick me out like that house (laughs) the movie collection the blackout curtains the pool like that's my whole vibe you know I'll be heading to LA and I wish I had an Amanda's house to stay at because that was amazing so it's Amanda's house for me you know I want the code so (laughs) definitely not going to Iris' house in, in the winter I would definitely I get nice and cozy. It would it would be a moment, but I wouldn't I wouldn't stay. I wouldn't live there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just but I would little, experience it. Just yeah. a little holiday. Very cute. Yeah. Amanda's driving was nerve wracking, but we do see both ladies make themselves <laughs> at home. Both yeah. get surprise visitors or meet cutes, as they say in the rom-com world. Yes. Miles, a co-worker of Ethan, drops by to pick up his laptop and meets Iris. While Iris's brother Graham drunkenly comes by and meets Amanda, hoping to crash. Would you have let this handsome stranger in the British cottage? Oh, Ashley, you know what I always say. The handsome ones be the psychopaths anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say no, negative. I would have needed more proof or something to let you in. I am am not only not at home, right? I'm in a whole nother country. I don't know you. Stranger danger, Laura. I'm gonna pick up, I'm gonna be like, sir, can you please stay outside? I'm closing, I'm gonna lock it. First of all, I don't even answer the door 99.999% of the time. So I probably would have left him outside, picked up the phone, called Iris, and then said, there's some crazo out here yelling. Do you know who this person supposedly is? And then I'm going to talk that through. You know what I mean? If not, have called the cops. So, yeah. But, you know, again, it's rom-com. This actually saved Amanda from leaving because she had repacked and was going to dip from loneliness. So, 
they moved quickly. Laura, he kissed her goodnight. Then start kissing on her eyes. That's the part for me. When she she was like, okay, well, maybe I should close my eyes. And of course, she was expecting him to kiss again. He was like, nope, let me, let me get up in there. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) And it did the trick, girl, because they hit the sheets, okay? Amanda, the next day, made it all the way to the airport security before coming back for seconds because Graham had invited her out. Iris is trying to move on from Jasper and tells him as much via email, but he still calls her on holiday asking for help on his book and also asking about her little red bikini. On a scale from one to 10, how toxic is Jasper? 20. Mm Mm-hmm. 20. Mm Mm-hmm. I I actually obviously he's the villain right but I feel like I hated him more now as an adult <laughs> than I did when I was younger because this right here this is evil this is evil at this rate <laughs> you know what I took solace in this last watch is the fact that because he's so trash Girl, your fiance can have you because you're going to be somebody who does not stay faithful during the course of y'all marriage anyway. So go ahead and have him, sis. Go ahead. True. True. Trash bag. Tristan, trash bag. (laughs) Have him, sis. Have him. Iris forms a bond with Amanda's neighbor, Arthur, an Oscar-winning former Hollywood writer who provides some valuable and needed wisdom. He told her, you're a leading lady, but for some reason, you're behaving like the best friend. One of my favorite lines ever. Same. Same. Ever. That was beautiful. Amanda and Graham continue getting to know each other. And although Amanda tries not to make things complicated, pops up at this man's house in surprise, finds out he's a widowed single dad of two. Is it ever a good idea to pop up unexpectedly at a lover's house? And was it too soon to meet the kids? Ooh, I mean, he popped up on her, so I don't really see the problem. <laughs> because there were some assumptions made in the way he was you know he had introduced himself to her mm-hmm. so although at this rate she was under the assumption that he was a player because he sees all these ladies names in his phone calling him throughout the day and remember their first night she was like i don't ever do this he said oh i do this all the time so you yes. definitely get the thought that he's yes. out here living his best life best life and was it too soon to meet the kids? Of course, but she didn't know she ha- he had them. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just turn her away? Like- <laughs> His daughters were so stinking cute. So sweet. So sweet. She said, one of the daughters said, we never have grownups here who are ladies. I kind of like it. And the other daughter, <laughs> me too. Oh, oh, my God. Sophie and Olivia. Oh. So cute. Iris convinces Arthur to attend a tribute night in his honor by the Writers Guild and even helps him prep physically to walk across the stage without his walker. She's also by Miles' side when he discovers his girlfriend Maggie is cheating on him, something she can very much relate to. Just as she's seemingly moving on, Jasper pops up at Amanda's house in LA. What the fuck? Ashley I was done I was like 
when she finally took her time back when she finally stood up for herself he thought that was a green light to push harder to fly halfway around the world to see this woman when you're clearly unavailable girl claims he had to see her but where's your whole fiance because as we know this man is still engaged talking about i wish you could understand how confused i am confused you made a commitment you ain't confused do you think he was only stringing her along for the power or for his book for the power I think it's so much more than just any one project, any one moment. I think he Mm. loved that she loved him. I think he fed off of it. Yeah. Narcissist. Toxic, toxic, toxic. And Miles is going through the same thing with Maggie. Yeah. After he saw her outside of like Blockbuster with another man, decides to call him someone, I miss you and ask him for forgiveness. Delora, thankfully, they both choose the healthiest option for them and move on together. Amanda had opened up to Graham on her parents' unexpected divorce at 15 and her inability to cry ever since. Mm. Why do you think by the end of the film, she's finally able to shed a tear as she was about to leave? She finally met someone who touched her heart. Like up (laughs) until this point, I mean, let's think about Amanda's character, right? Like she's breaking up with a man who said that she was never available you know, physically with her Told time, her she was bad emotional, in bed. bad in bed, exactly. And now she met this man and his family. And, uh, you know, it, it just game changer. When you meet the right people, you know, you grow, right? Because they feed into you. They add, they multiply, mm. they do not subtract and divide from you. Oh, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> I look like I'm about to shed a tear, but it's an eyelash, but I felt no. that in my soul. Yeah. Um, that was beautifully said, Delora. As we wrap, our foursome gets together at Graham's in England on New Year's Eve as Amanda extended her stay and Miles made the trip for Iris. Did you ship one couple more than the other in this film? So I will say that the heat was with Amanda and Graham for sure. Right. But I think it's because their relationship started off on that foot. I really did enjoy Iris and Miles' relationship because I love when friends are able to grow into something more. I thought it was interesting too because he was kissing her on the cheek and he was still in a relationship. Like that night when uh, she invited him over for the Hanukkah dinner and he was like, oh, great dinner and kissed her on the cheek. And I'm like, Now, this is kind of endearing, and I don't know how okay it is in 2021 to do this, but if I found out my man was kissing some other chick on the cheek, there would definitely be a problem. Absolutely. But I'm just saying in terms of the conversation of consent and things like that. And um, but but yeah, I again Jack Black is somebody's husband, okay, not mine, but I really loved his humor. Like he he was pretty he was pretty good as a leading guy. You know what I mean? Like I was oh, I, I was shipping them. Shipping I loved them so him, hard. especially the fact that he was like a composer of music for movies and yep. just his uh, like his love for that, his passion. For that. I love people who are passionate about things. Yeah. Um, and want to teach you about things. You do know that one of the occupations I wanted to do when I was younger was to play 
music for movies. Like that was no, something. Yeah, I, did not know I was that. very much into band, and I was like, I want to be a part of the soundtrack for movies, like be part of the orchestra or whatever. It's never um, too late, sis. It's never too late. But that's the that's the piece about this movie that I love so 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 much. I guess this is kind of my final thoughts, right? <laughs> Sorry, did you have something else before I go into this? Go ahead. I'll, I'll sum all my stuff up after you're done. Go ahead. The thing that I love about this movie, and my Nissy Myers know how to make a rom-com, okay? Um, but I love how in her films, uh, the brightness, love the brightness, but that's traditional rom-com. The, the acting was well done. It was fun. It was flirty. It was, it was beautiful. I love the inter intergenerational aspect of her films too she's really good at that the friendship that iris has with author was so inspiring and lovely and how she got him out of his show and just even the the conversation of different types of love like he was a widower himself you know but his love for his wife was so strong that it still inspired iris to want something more you know the other thing Hans Zimmer was in the back when it comes to the uh, composition of this film. That song, uh, the main theme song, just makes me smile over and over again. This is part of the reason why I love Bridgerton so much. The music was so great. It swelled at the right moment. It was just phenomenal. Shout out to Chris Bowser. You're doing your, your you're doing the damn thing out here in these streets. So one of my faves, one of my faves. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I, I, other than I would have liked to see a black person say something in the film. How about that? <laughs> I want to go back just real quick to my thoughts on did I enjoy or ship one more than the other? I think I'm on your exact same page. I enjoyed that they were different because I do think that we mm-hmm. got different variations and not one cookie cutter. This is what love looks like rom-com mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Amanda and Graham was such an immediate spark that the Miles and Iris being this slow burn felt so mm-hmm. good and felt yes. so right as well. Yeah. Um, so I love the way that you said that. And then just my final thoughts on the holiday At one point this last watch, I started to wonder if they'd really be better off swapping permanently. It felt like they fit better in the other person's world than Mm. in their own. And so by the end, I was like, so where are we going to do? We see our foursome in England, but it's like, what does this mean? Because obviously you have Jack Black and Cameron Diaz characters who live in LA and you have Jude Law and Kate Winslet who live in England. And we're, are we going to, are we going to be taking trips together? Like how is this really going to work? So it left me more so wondering about that than I think I ever have when I've watched before. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that. Cause I actually thought that too. I was like, should we have gotten a sequel? Like, yeah, <laughs> like what happened after what this happened? new year's yeah. Eve? Because, you know, it seemed like they, to your point about even the relationship between Iris and Arthur it seemed like they developed such great relationships within the places that they were living that it almost seemed like they were going to be miserable if they tried to go back and live their previous lives. You know what I mean? They had her and Arthur, her and Jack Black, and then you have Cameron Diaz and Jude Law and his family. Like, Mm -hmm. what are we going to do? So those are just my final thoughts. But overall, I'm so glad we did this Christmas medley. Guys, feel free to give us your thoughts on this. But Delora, for hidden instead of, 
Hidden Gems this week, we're going to give some Christmas content suggestions to you guys that we've been watching out here in the streaming world. So Delora, hit me with your list first. Thank you, Ashley. And I like to shout out Kylia for the suggestion. All right. So for Netflix, Jingle Django, we recapped this last Christmas. It is a staple in this household every holiday moving forward. Okay. Classic. Black excellence. Okay. Front in front and behind the camera. Klaus on Netflix. This one, I believe, won an Academy Award for Best <laughs> Animation, if not uh, nominated. Beautiful animation, beautiful story. Lots of fun. Highly recommend animation. These are all kitty movies at this point. My favorite, Just Friends. Ryan Reynolds. Mary all day, every day. Okay. <laughs> he was so hilarious in Just Friends, too. Hilarious. So funny. Me and my girlfriend, Aaliyah, we always are like, forgiveness. <laughs> it's it's more than saying sorry. sorry. Are you sorry? <laughs> <laughs> and then this is not a holiday film, but I watch it this time of year. Every year, Stardust, Clara Danes, Robin De Niro. It's like an epic fairy tale just on the screen. Michelle Pfeiffer, love, love, love. Hulu, the holiday. We just recapped it, but I have to reiterate it. Disney, Anastasia. Love Anastasia. Love watching it this time of year. Classic. And finally on Amazon, last holiday with Queen Latifah and LL Cool J. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So what about you, Ashley? All right. I have four. My first one is Holiday Rush on Netflix. Story of a widowed dad with four spoiled kids who faces financial uh, situation right before Christmas. There's family. There's romance. It was so cute. Black cast. Check it out. Second one, also Netflix, Single All the Way. I'm sure you guys have seen this in Netflix's top 10. Yes. A story of boy brings best friend home for Christmas, wanting best friend to pretend to be his boyfriend, only to discover real feelings may have been there all along. Again, romance, some faves are in the cast for me. It was just such a feel good. Check it out. Third one. Netflix as well. Blown Away Christmas. My favorite and only glass blowing competition came back with some faves from season one and season two and four brand new episodes to mark the Christmas season and spirit. Love this. Check it out if you got into any of the Blown Away previous seasons, but just in general, it's so fun to see people blow glass of festive holiday stuff. I mean, it was dope. Okay. And my fourth and final Hawkeye on Disney Plus. Have to throw in a little bit of Marvel because y'all know me and Delora do all the Marvel projects. Yep. Five episodes currently available of Hawkeye, which sees Clint Barton trying to get back to his family for Christmas, only to be derailed by his New York City past and biggest fan and fellow skilled archer Kate Bishop. Haley Steinfeld is my girl. I was not familiar with Kate since I don't read the comics, but I'm enjoying the ride. So guys, those are our Christmas content drops feel free to check them out i'm sure there's plenty more out there but those are just the ones we wanted to suggest delora 
This Ashley. is our final episode of 2021. Oh my gosh, we did it. We, we made it. it. <laughs> Guys, Merry Christmas and Merry- Happy New Year, Recap Nation. Okay. Merry Christmas, y'all. Happy New Year. Be blessed. Be safe. We are so excited for what's to come in this new year. Exciting things on the horizon. Absolutely. We will be back with a new episode on Tuesday, January 4th. And it's another In Conversation, this time with actress Renika Williams, a.k.a. Willow, from the Sex Lies of College College Girls, Girls. streaming on HBO Max. Check out season one during your holidays and stay tuned for a great chat. Delora, I love you. It has been an amazing year and we will see you next time. Ashley, I love you and I cannot wait. Love you guys. Love you, Recap Nation.